Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited to bring you another amazing guest interview today that I did with Aaron Anderson all about LinkedIn, the power of LinkedIn, why it is so different from other social media platforms, and maybe why you should be using this in your business. You know me, and you know I'm not someone that says you should just jump on every new thing out there or try everything. I don't want you to spread yourself too thin, but if you've been feeling like your marketing hasn't been the best, or maybe you've been on Instagram for a while and you're just ready for something new and fresh and exciting, I want to share with you this episode all about LinkedIn, and Erin is definitely the person to give you all the insights, the ins and outs about what it is, how you can use it, some tips and tricks for that. So I can't wait for you to learn all about this with Erin, who is a LinkedIn coach based in New York City. We had some fun talking about the city and my trips there. We probably talked for 30 minutes before we even press record. So you're just going to love Erin. I can't wait for you to hear all about this. I will catch you inside the episode. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey there, Erin. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. I'm so excited that you're here and we're finally able to get this recorded. We've been having some back and forth, um, but we've nailed down a date and now I'm so excited to have you share everything with my audience all about LinkedIn. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So we were, we've been talking for almost 30 minutes before we press record. So I got a little bit of your backstory, but I would love for you to share a little bit about who you are and how you got started in the online space. Give, give us all the good stuff. Yeah, definitely. So um, I know we were touching on, I'm also from New York. So I think we were alike, but we're different that we come from opposite ends of the state. We were, we we're kind of touching on how um, New York is like a six span, a six hour span state. And everyone thinks we're always from the city. And I'm from a county right outside the city um, where you are a little bit further up, but just kind of talking about the relation there. And I think it kind of almost connects on no matter what we're doing in the online space, um, a lot of us do similar things. And I think, especially for virtual assistants, that um, we all want to make sure that we really focus in on one area to niche ourselves down. And so I'll dive into that in a little bit. But um, from New York originally, I went to school down south and I got my undergrad and master's down there uh, before moving to Atlanta. Um, spent four years there and I actually started off in the corporate banking space. So not very exciting, <laughs> um, pretty difficult work. I did a lot of math. Um, I was actually an English major undergrad and then got my master's in business management. 
um, concentration in finance. So I definitely was more on the number side, but unlike a lot of people, I, um, although I was numbers focused, I did a lot of writing and that's kind of where my expertise has always been. So I'm really good at crafting a message, um, convincing people, making sure that content translate, translates effectively. Um, in addition to helping others. So I was pretty much stuck in that cubicle, maybe like a lot of us were that nine to five, uh, more than that in banking, <laughs> probably more that like nine to seven or more space where um, I just felt like I was closed in that I didn't have a say. Um, I was obviously just starting out a couple of years out of school. So I wasn't on a leadership team yet. Um, and I'm an extrovert. So for me, I felt super in a super introverted position where I was basically running financial models and numbers daily, which is not interesting at the end of the day. Um, and I actually have, my internships were in fashion marketing. So I was completely on the other side of almost an area where there's too much gossip and too much talking and translating that into an area with all men um, that didn't even, you know, going to lunch or in meetings was kind of getting done what you had to with little conversation. Um, and then I switched into commercial real estate and was uh, on the finance side there for a while, which um, was definitely more of a social environment, but uh, still was kind of doing the same thing. So I wanted to move more into strategy. Um, unfortunately, most of my positions, I hit really bad harassment, like many of us probably have in the corporate world, uh, one company being verbal, the other being sexual. And so I decided to leave in October of 2019. Um, pretty much had enough. I had started my company very slightly. And what I mean by that is not really even charging. I was just helping people and then they were landing six-figure jobs. So I'll touch on this in a moment, but half of my company and how I got started is on the career transition coaching side. So I was helping and do help women in toxic work cultures transition into careers that not only are they hopefully not experiencing that harassment anymore, but actually into something that they like that fits their skill set. And so I started off um, there. And so I left October of 2019, not actually to leave my business like many of us do, right? We, we tend to like hit that area where like, okay, now's the time. Like I feel comfortable. I've replaced my salary. Um, and instead of doing that, I um, was, I had my severance and I had healthcare. And so I was like, it's the holidays. I'm going to take time off, which if anyone's ever looking for a job, I would tell you not to do that because it's actually a good time to job search. Companies have to meet budget. And so I did do that though. <laughs> so I took the opposite of what I would typically give advice on. And um, I hit the ground running with interviewing in January, was super excited to move more into a strategy position. And then as we all know, the pandemic hits in March, I was interviewing when it was quite scary. Um, and I just felt pretty uncomfortable in these little rooms during a pandemic. Um, and then I guess about mid-March, when we all started to see that we were actually going to be shut down like other countries were in China, um, I was told that everybody was going on hiring freezes for at least 90 days. And so I entered unemployment. Um, and again, as I mentioned, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also what I like to call like a hustler. Like in, in school, I worked three jobs. Um, I always... I always made sure that I'd never have to say no to opportunities. So whatever that looked like, I think I was, even though I wasn't brought up with technically, um, you know, this multiple stream of income philosophy, I feel like that's kind of a, you know, Gen Z slash millennial. I think millennial, I think we all as like millennials started to absorb that, but Gen Z is really 
catching on, even if it's like with their TikTok accounts. <laughs> um, and so I just kind of like naturally always set that up for myself. And so um, being on unemployment, obviously that's not ideal. And so I knew I needed to do something. And so I kind of just took what I had very slightly started before the pandemic, um, kind of as an outlet, I'm a night owl. So working on people's career items for me was just something to stay busy. Essentially. I always, always like to stay busy until I go to sleep. And so, um, I took that up and I started working on resumes, cover letters, um, dove into LinkedIn pages. And then through networking, a lot of people started saying, well, why can't you do this for small business? Why can't you do, LinkedIn marketing. We're trying anything to advertise our businesses virtually right now because we can't do it in person. Um, I'm somebody that I would say more in the beginning when somebody asks for something, I see if it's an offer, like many of us probably do that we want to. And then obviously at some point you need to niche down. Um, but I'm also a believer that in the end of the day, you want to make sure that you are focusing, um, on an area that you love, but that you also get training in whatever that is, right? So we're not just gonna offer something that sounds good or that's like in demand. And so um, I, I did a lot of my own research. I did self-education, I did self-practice. And then I also worked with Judy Fox, who's another LinkedIn strategist in the LinkedIn world. Um, and I started uh, offering LinkedIn management and LinkedIn revamps for small business. And so I learned the strategy and the algorithm behind LinkedIn marketing for small and medium-sized businesses. Um, and it, it just pretty much took off from there. It was interesting because as a lot of you know, it's not um, something that a ton of people are doing or something you hear about, or maybe even like a ton of requests you get. And so what typically happens is people are like, oh, I have a LinkedIn strategist. And someone's like, I don't have that. <laughs> I have somebody working on Instagram and Facebook. And so if anyone is listening that does social media, um, a lot of people that offer Instagram management probably or Pinterest or Twitter or whatever it may be probably aren't offering LinkedIn. Um, and the main reason behind that is if it's, if it's not, if you're trying to post whatever's on Instagram and Facebook to LinkedIn, it pretty much simply doesn't work. So you want to make sure to have an effective strategy. I love that you said that too. And it touched on something that I've been trying to talk about a lot is, you know, like, because, you know, obviously I, I started my business three years ago. I, I don't think anybody even like, like around me even knew what a virtual student was. I think still some people, it's like when I have to try to explain to people what I do, they're like, um, okay. You know, like they don't get it, but I tr like some people are like, it's too saturated. Like it's too saturated for me to get it. And like what you proved is in a time where people were like, we have to try new things. We have to like bring our business online in a different way. Like that just proves like, okay, people are trying different things. Like they're going to need that support and that help because it's not something that either they have time to do, want to learn how to do, or it's just like out of their, out of their wheelhouse. So I love that you touched on that and sharing your story with us. And I want to dive right into LinkedIn. Cause I, like I said, before we're going to press record, like I'm a student here. I don't really know much about LinkedIn. I don't really know what it's about. So give us the lowdown on what it is, who's on it. How do you use it? Give it, sure. even if you can kind of synthesize it a little bit, I'm sure there's a lot more than you could fit in a podcast interview, but definitely. So I'm going to include in the show notes, a link to a LinkedIn diagnostic. It's my freebie and it relates this question because it's, it's going to tell you if your business is a good fit or it's not, or what you need to do to make it a good fit. And so I usually say that if you're service-based, it works well. Um, I don't like to say that if you're product based, that it's never going to work, or if you're brick and mortar, it's never going to work. I, I would say that a brick and mortar business is what would really struggle if it's product based, right? Because 
things like Nextdoor or different types of marketing or Instagram typically work best for that. But on LinkedIn, um, if you are a service-based business, it's going to work. I will tell you, it takes a much longer time, but you're going to reach a higher ticket client. So if you are somebody that, you know, I think Instagram gets saturated in the way that it's not your industry, but it's more who's offering the same types of services to the same types of people. So you enter on LinkedIn an entire different audience that you can cater to. And a lot of those people actually aren't on Instagram. And so by not being on LinkedIn, you're missing that entire section of people. Or what I usually relate it to is a lot of the times it takes three or seven times. I think it's three to seven, like, I don't know, psychological research or something says this, where before you actually remember something or you sign on with somebody, you have to see it three to seven times. So at the very least, you're at least reaching a person another time than just being on Instagram. And so um, LinkedIn offers a lot of different types of services like LinkedIn Profinder, which is a free but available only if you have premium. And so you're really able to niche down what it is that you offer. I would say about, I would say in Q3 or Q4 last year, LinkedIn really made a lot of changes to become a little bit more like Instagram, if you haven't noticed. So now they're offering um, creator mode, which gives you the ability to um, categorize yourself into hashtags that are related to what you talk about and what you do. So that's helpful. They also added LinkedIn stories, which is only available through the mobile app, but you now have the ability to upload it. And I would really encourage you if you're on LinkedIn to get started there. And the reason being is that for the second time, you're going to reach an entire different audience on mobile than you do on the web. Typically, there are two different audiences. I use both because, you know, three quarters of my day is probably spent on LinkedIn. Um, but at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you are one of those people on LinkedIn stories because you could have 5,000 connections. And because it's so new, only about 10 people are going to be in your story. So you're automatically seen when the app opens. That being said, LinkedIn does have some areas where they're going to improve it over time because LinkedIn stories is nowhere as upgraded as Instagram. Um, but I would encourage you to try to give that a shot. If it's not working right away, you do have to re-download, delete and re-download the LinkedIn app. So if you're having trouble there, um, but it's really a space to become relatable to your audience. If you hop on LinkedIn and you try to sell, I will promise you it's never going to work. LinkedIn is not that platform. It is not a platform where you are going to plan out your launch schedule. It's not going to work. Um, you really have to get seen by being relatable. And so what I tell a lot of my clients and what they have to get comfortable in is sharing their personal stories and the behind the scenes of what's happening in their business. Because what I see a lot of the times, um, they'll be like, just repurpose my Instagram. It's helpful, but it's not really storytelling. So on LinkedIn, you either need to do one of two things. You need to tell a story. So why, why, how can people relate? So for example, if you're talking about um, virtual assisting or virtual assistance, change that to your business. Now, most people on LinkedIn can relate to it or talk about your career, or you really need to give advice. Like you need to give value. All of your posts need to, you know, whatever would be your freebie, make it a post. Um, your audience wants to be encouraged to continue reading. And if you're not providing value, that's where I really see where people are kind of hearing crickets on posts, if that makes sense. So is it more caption based as opposed to like an Instagram where it's now it's, well, it, you know, it was picture heavy, but now it's more like reels and videos. Is it more about like just sitting down and typing almost kind of like a short form blog post? Yeah, really good. Um, really good question. So if you are somebody that has a blog, I would absolutely tell you to repurpose that all the time. 
And that's why um, getting into blogs is good because, or if you have really good website copy too, and you have blogs who are there, is that you can repurpose that on LinkedIn. So I wouldn't tell you that, you know, you have to only do text posts or don't add an image or don't add a video. What I will say is on these other platforms, you almost have to have an image to, I mean, A, for Instagram to even work, it has to be an Instagram mm -hmm. or a video. Or on Facebook, if we're adding a video or, uh, video or a picture, it typically works better. On LinkedIn, um, I would say, I don't know, at least half of the time, text posts are going to work better than those other types of posts. That doesn't mean to say not to use it. I actually encourage people to get on video on LinkedIn because as long as it's short, as long as it's short and valuable, people are going to watch it, but add captions just like we do with anything else. Um, and with LinkedIn, you want to make sure that those videos are about 60 seconds or under 30 seconds is optimal. So it should be, you know, choosing and getting into a pattern of offering advice. So, you know, what can I offer every Tuesday and hopping on video and giving that advice? And so by doing that, you, because you're giving advice, you start to become known as the expert in your field. And that's how you start to get seen and you're engaging and you're just, you're not only engaging, but you're getting seen by the people that are huge engagers on LinkedIn. Like I speak on a couple of clubhouse groups and we, um, there's a ton of LinkedIn strategists. I feel like a lot of people don't know that, but there, there's a lot of people out there, people that have just really, um, embraced the platform and seen a lot of success with it. So. And, um, this was the other thing I was thinking about as far as like clients goes, cause I know you were talking about like not selling on there. So do you feel like it's more, if you do find clients on LinkedIn, is it more just like people finding you and seeing that you're like the expert in this and then them reaching out to you as opposed to them, like saying, Hey, I'm hiring or looking for someone in that way. Yeah. So good question. Um, so with, uh, LinkedIn, there's two different ways. There's organic or there's automated. I stay away from automation completely. That doesn't mean schedulers. Um, what I mean by that is, so a lot of people turn to automation. They'll offer it as a service. It's something that's super easy for them to implement and charge a lot. And so that's why they do it. And so with LinkedIn, it doesn't work, right? Because once again, we're pitching ourselves and that's not what works on LinkedIn. You want to make sure that you are organically attracting people and reaching out. That being said, once you're engaging, um, like for example, I had a client recently, we started talking to somebody that we thought was a potential lead, engaging with his post, and then it transferred to messages. Um, and sometimes that's us and sometimes that's them. That's an example of a podcast client who they saw our name, they saw what it was that we did. And this is for my client. Um, and we, so they clicked on it. And then last night he told me that he went home and listened to the podcast. Okay, cool. Potential client already in our DMs. Other than that, you know, if you start creating conversations, with multiple people on posts, I think at that point, it's let's go to the messages, right? Cause otherwise you're, you're just communicating on posts only, which you should be doing both. But it's really not an area where you want to go ahead and pitch yourself in the messages. In fact, I probably get I don't know, maybe five messages a week. Like I'm sure other people do on LinkedIn pitching. That is not what you want to do. Those are bots. That is automation. And I simply remove the connection and block those people. So I've even seen other LinkedIn strategists use automation. And when you actually go ahead and talk back to these robots, they come out with things that aren't even relevant to the conversation. So you never want to look foolish in your industry, which I think it does when you use automation and you're not the actual person. Um, you don't want to annoy people. I mean, I've even removed family members that have sent me automated messages. I didn't even know who they were sending it to. And it catered it to me because I was a connection. And clearly I was not interested in that service. And now I kind of have a different perception because I'm seeing that they're not putting a ton of effort into it. So 
you want to be really careful to make sure that you organically marketing yourself or your clients. And in addition to that, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that um, it's sustainable long-term and that you're in it for the long run. LinkedIn is not something you try one day, you post, and then you come back to a month later. You do have to be consistent. And you talked about like engaging with the posts and messaging. So is that similar to like an Instagram? Like they, you have posts that you can comment on. Do you do liking on there? Is that, you know, is that all the same? I know we're talking about how like it's a little bit different from other platforms, but there seem like there's some similarities. Yeah. Good question. So, um, yep, exactly. So you want to make sure you're engaging, which means liking and commenting, um, views are the most powerful. So we're going to come down to like analytics, it's views, um, it's comments, then it's like, so I would say comments are a bigger deal on LinkedIn than Instagram. And really what this comes down to is at the end of the day, the power of LinkedIn and what I tell everybody else is that say, for example, today I commented or liked one of your posts at the end of the day, when I am, when someone is viewing your excuse me. Yeah. When someone's viewing your feed of that post, they're going to see that I liked or commented, which we can't really do on Instagram or Facebook. Right. So on Instagram, it'll show the last person that likes something, but it's not showing everybody. So for example, especially after knowing you now, if I see that you're like, you're commenting on something and I see that I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what she's liking commenting on. And that's the power of views is that even though I'm not connected to all of your audience, everybody can see what I potentially am commenting on your post. So your audience view increases dramatically versus Instagram. I would say, especially during a time, if you're not like myself, not a huge person that wants to create reels every day, then that's a really good opportunity for you to, you know, reach a different audience where that's not needed. Um, and reach your, just in general, your higher ticket audience. There's a lot of statistics on how high the average income of people on LinkedIn versus Instagram. And second of all, there too, is that you're reaching people that you could see, you could see their credibility, right? What they've done in the past, but also moving forward. Okay. Well, um, what are these people doing in the long run? Like, what are their end goals? How long have they run their company? And you can just see more on LinkedIn versus what you can see on a very small Instagram bio that just gives us a snapshot of their business. Right. So that was going to be the other question I was going to ask you, because I know like I have people like in my community, some of them are, they work with, you know, teachers who have online business. Some of them have, you know, just different industries that they work with. So is it like, I know you said if they're service-based, like you, like LinkedIn will be great for you, but should you be keeping in mind, like who your ideal client is? Like, is there only a certain type of ideal client or, you know, like when I think of LinkedIn, I guess like my mind immediately goes to like a corporate, like CEO, like that's the type of client that would be on there. So if that type of client is not my ideal client, then should I be putting my eggs into LinkedIn? Yeah, good question. So I would say as of last year, that's, it's been transferring the past couple of years, but there's a ton of businesses on there. And so I think it's hunting those people down and finding them, like really finding, okay, who is on LinkedIn and making sure it's also a person that's active on the platform. You know, you, you shouldn't be spending a ton of time on somebody that's not going to see your work. So go into the activity section of profiles and seeing, are these active content creators? Are they spending time on LinkedIn? Are they going to see my engagement? That's a big thing. Another thing is, you know, are they actually responding to people that are commenting? Because the end of the day, LinkedIn's a reciprocation platform. Um, Basically, you're given permission. So think about it in this way that when you're consistently commenting on other people's feed, you're really helping them get seen. So in return, they should be doing the same. If they're not, I wouldn't spend time engaging with that person or, you know, if it's not leading to the messages. And then second to that is, um, you kind of, it kind of gives you permission to be able to go ahead and start tagging them in your post, like in the comments, like I'm interested in what you have to say. 
I think that takes a little bit of time. So people aren't just saying it's one for one. I did you a favor, do me a favor. Um, and I guess that's a little bit similar on Instagram as well, but, um, I think at the end of the day, you need to think of, okay, where is my business going? How am I going to reach a higher ticket client? And who is that specifically? Now let me find them on LinkedIn. Perfect. Yeah. So if anybody is thinking, if anybody in my audience is, cause I always talk about, you know, like, I don't like to try to like stretch my, you know, people too thin. And I don't want to say you have to be everywhere, like be on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. You know, I try to say it, like, encourage them, like, you know, fo- have one focus for a while, but I also am someone who's like, if it's not working for you, like maybe we need to switch things up. So if someone is thinking like, Hey, you know, maybe towards quarter four, I want to implement a new marketing strategy. I want to try LinkedIn for a little bit to see if I can start making connections there. What, what tips would you give them? Or, you know, maybe a couple tips that you would give them to get started so that they can maybe use that as a different form of marketing for their business? Okay, good question. Um, so the first thing that you really want to make sure to do is that you are creating a revamped profile. So if you're going to go ahead and start creating and content engagement, when people are led back to your profile, if it's not optimized at the end of the day, they're not going to know what to do. So just like your bio, think about it as your bio not on Instagram, not having a link, right? Okay, I want to work with this person. And I think on Instagram, I think we feel a little less intimidated to go message those people versus LinkedIn. It's like, okay, where's the link to book a call or where, how do I get started here? So making sure that you're optimizing your featured section, which means having links to whatever it is that you offer, not saturating that section. So I don't want links to, you know, five guest podcast episodes that you're on. I usually rotate mine out. So like, for example, this will go on my page and something that is good for that is it also helps the person that you're on the podcast for. Um, having the first link should always be how to get in touch with you or apply for a call, whatever setup you have. I know a lot of my clients are only apply for a call. I have a couple clients that are only program based. They're like, I don't want to take a call. Um, I don't want to have someone apply for a call. I just want them to join my program. Okay, great. Well then have that be your first option. But if somebody wants to work with you on LinkedIn, two things, you need to tell them, you need to make it easy for them as easy as possible, or they're going to move on to another profile. And second being that you're really telling them what to do. So I call your banner free real estate. Most people aren't using it. Literally tell us in that banner with text, what is it that you want us to do? Do you want us to book a consult? Do you want us to uh, schedule a invite or apply for a call for your program? Do you want us to just join the program? Do you want us to listen to your podcast? Tell us what to do. So at the end of the day, if someone's even just looking at the top of your profile, they're like either looking for a link or like, all right, I'm going to go make this next step. You really versus Instagram or anywhere else, you really have to tell people, um, think of it in an Instagram post when at the end you say, you know, link in my bio, um, on LinkedIn, it's more go to make sure apply to like, you really have to pick your verbs wisely and use them in the right way. So that you're literally telling, you're giving people the action of what to do. And it's just, it's a different audience. Um, I think on Instagram, we're almost like trained. It's like Pavlov's dogs. Like, okay, we read the post link in bio. It's almost like you don't even have to say it, right? We're just going to go there. We do, but on LinkedIn, we need more direction. Like what literally telling us. And I just, the, the best way to think of this is like a really good use of verbs. Think of which verbs are going to be the right way to navigate whatever that post is talking about you know, schedule, book, apply, um, click on, like those are key verbs um, on LinkedIn. It's, it reminds me of like Mad Libs. <laughs> you're filling in the blanks with a verb that makes sense for what your offer is. Um, 
And so making sure that you're optimizing it and then pretty much, you know, putting pictures of yourself all over your profile. So feature detection banner and making them approachable. I see so many profiles that are just stale. Like people look like they're still in corporate in their profile picture. They're really far back from the picture. And so what happens is when we start commenting, people can't see us. So there's no more of that like chest up photo. It's a lot more, it's really just your face on LinkedIn. Um, and really making sure that you look approachable, that you look friendly. Um, you, as a business owner, I wouldn't suggest something like a suit against a gray wall. Um, make it look inviting. Um, and something that Judy always touched on that I really like is making yourself look like a leader. So I recently talked to her about this and she was giving me some tips for clients that a lot of the times uh, during brand photo shoots, people like lean on their hand or kind of like sorority squat or like do these things. <laughs> and as maybe on brand as you want that to be, it actually makes it actually, especially as women, I think it um, makes us look smaller. And as she was touching on, it doesn't make you look like, a, like you're not, maybe you look approachable, but you're not taking like command of the situation. And it's something I never really thought of, but if we start to like look head on into the camera and do like a power stand or something where, you know, a power pose where it's not, we shouldn't always kind of just be making ourselves look smaller. Um, and so that's really important on LinkedIn. That's something that I heard recently. And I was like, that's a really good tip. Um, so I would say those are the key ways to be able to at least get started with marketing mm -hmm. yourself on LinkedIn. I love those tips. I'm actually getting ready for new, new brand photos. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Like, and I'm thinking back to some of the ones that I did and it, and it, it is yeah, like, it, me too. you know, um, even photographers, like, I don't think they touch on that. They're like, yeah. do this. And I'm like, Ooh, like, I feel like I'm back in college. <laughs> you right. know, you, really, you need to make yourself look strong and confident versus, you know, I mean, some of the client photos I've seen, it's like, why, why are photo, you know, photographers giving these suggestions? You should look more confident and powerful, really. Mm -hmm. I love that. Perfect. Yeah. Well, this has been really helpful for me. Like I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I should have like my notepad out. Uh, I'll definitely go back and listen to this and start taking some notes and maybe just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm always someone too. Like I, I do say this, like, I don't want you to spread yourself too thin, but I always want to like, you know, feel it out for myself, see, you know, what it might be. So I might be dipping my toes in the LinkedIn pool here shortly and see what, yeah. see what happens, but thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all this with us. Where can my listeners come connect with you, learn more about you? I know you mentioned some links. We'll, we'll have those in the show notes, but, um, yeah. anywhere that they can, you know, drop your LinkedIn profile. Or, I don't know all the cool phrases to say, but <laughs> I'll learn. I promise. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Instagram best place is your brand networker. That's my company name. Same thing on LinkedIn. Um, Aaron Anderson or your brand networker. They can find me there. Um, I actually offer a virtual assistant and social media manager of uh, LinkedIn training program. So my launch will actually be getting shortly. Um, and I'll be hosting that this fall and it's a four week. Um, it's really a 60 day program, but it's four weeks of training on LinkedIn specifically. And the purpose is that, so you come out of this program ready to offer LinkedIn services to your clients. So it's a huge revenue generator. I just talked to one of my past clients. She has, um, I think she grew her business. She said by five times what she started with by offering LinkedIn services. Now it's one of her main offers in the end. And so it is four weeks of group coaching. And then we move into 30 days of support. And so one of the main things that I always found when I took group programs is I took it and then I went to implement and I felt stuck because as many of us want to implement while we're in it. And most of my students always do. Sometimes we wait 
And then we're stuck because we don't have support. So I actually offer an additional 30 days of support through Voxer during and after the program. So they're able to really start to say, okay, I'm working on this revamp for my client. I'm starting to post content. Why is it not working? And then they're able to come back and we can talk through it and I offer support. So it's a really great program. There's not many out there, especially catered to virtual assistants in this area. So I would love to have people. Um, I will include, um, or I'll send you at least, the link for the wait list. And so anyone on the wait list will get 50% off. Um, and then moving forward, you can always join the program. But it's something that I launch three times per year. Perfect. I love that. And I was, I was just thinking about it because I have one student in my mind right now who's doing social media management and she's trying to like, she, she's hit that plateau and she's like, what can I do to like kind of break free? And I'm like, Ooh, this might be an interesting thing to add to yeah. what she's offering. So appreciate that for you sharing that and just appreciate yeah. you coming on and being so open and sharing all yeah, this of with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.